hush puppies are derived from slavery. When slaves would be on the run from master, they would crunch up pieces of bread and drop it down so that the dogs that the master would sick on them would eat them instead of focusing on trying to catch them. Hence the title hush puppy because the bread would hush the dogs and calm their spirits. This has been a Black History Month moment with your boy Nate yeah, B. No, that's that's a damn that's a February 29th history moment. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not even like I don't even know how legit that is. Like that was one of the like on the 29th should just be like questionable facts, you know. Like, hey, this is a little extra day. Like we done ran out of black history, so on the last day, like nigga, uh, do you know hush puppies? That's that's from the slaves too. Like I'm sick of you niggas, man. <laughs> I don't know about that one. That could be true, though. I don't know. Shout out Sci High, Black Black History Project, or whatever that. Yeah, that, that's what it was. Yeah, I got that on my phone. Very, 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 very solid, solid project. Um, that was our uh, February 29th history moment of the episode. Uh, I am your host, Nate B, aka Nate Bigger, aka Papa Nate, uh, better known as. Broke boy Nate B. And I am joined here every week, weekly, like on a weekly basis, like every seven or so days. <laughs> or so. Here at the After Five Podcast, my co host. It's AC, man. You already know it's the realest nigga, realest flow. Right back coming soon, man. Uh, you know, shout <laughs> out to my clip. Hey, right back, man. I've been dropping a little, you know, every once in a while, you know, I play a little sample on this. I'll, you know, let y'all know that I'm working, you know what I'm saying? Uh, But, you know. But does it sound like angels getting pedicures? No, it don't sound like that, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Hey, what what would you say your favorite genre of music is? Why would you ask me some shit like that? No, let me, let me, so... I stated on Twitter the other day, like my favorite genre of music is like luxury drug rap. <laughs> like that's my shit. Okay. And so I was just curious as to like what. I, okay. If I had to pick two, right. It's luxury drug rap and whisper rap, like lullaby rap. <laughs> like what, what would your top two sub genres within like rap be? Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't really have, I think I don't have like a specific preferable sub genre. You know, I do like rappers who like, I like rappers who just be saying like cool shit, you know, like they, like they focus on having like slick bars and, you know, whatever they say is like cool. Like everything just sound like, Something the cool nigga would say. Cause some rappers baby so focused on the bars that it don't be cool. It just be all barry. 
but it's like I like when they just maintain the coolness of you know what they saying. That's kind of why I'm a big fan of currency and like old wigs. It, it was just a lot of old. It's just a lot of like cool shit. You know, that not trying to be too gangster. You know, a little bit of that, but we more so just trying to say that we cool, not that we hard. Yeah, that's the kind of rap I like. So like, uh, smoky slick talk. Like niggas, like slick talk rap niggas who you can listen to when you high or smoking. I mean, yeah. It, I mean, I don't have to be high, but I guess I like slick talk. I, yeah. I like that term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. And then what else? And then um, I don't know, man. It was tough enough to come up with that one. Uh, what else do I like? I don't know. I don't think I really like anything else. I mean, I do, but I don't. You know what I mean? It's like I do because, you know, I like the beat, but, you know, I can't stand these niggas that I can't even understand what they're saying. That shit kind of be annoying. I mean, I would consider you a fan of backpack rap. I don't know, though, because it'd be a lot of niggas that it's not that I don't like them. I just don't be feeling like listening to these niggas. But some of these niggas don't be when I say backpack rap, I'm talking about like the original backpack rap, like the fruit from Kanye's tree. I mean, I guess. I mean, you know, I fuck with all the all our biggest artists now. But it'd be a lot of niggas who under them that I really don't listen to at all. So it's like I don't listen to the fruit of the fruit. I just listen to the main fruit. Like who? Like who don't you listen to? Like that, I don't listen to that criteria. Like, I listen to J. Cole, but I don't really listen to anybody else from Dreamville. Like, I just don't regularly listen to anybody else from Dreamville. Gotcha. J.I.D.? You know, I don't, I wouldn't, I don't regularly listen to him. Like, I don't, I don't know his, and it's not that, like, he, like, I don't like him or, you know, I'm just somebody who feel like I got enough music. Like, you got to make some, some of the hardest shit I ever heard for me to actually be like, damn, like, I'm actually going to put you in rotation. Yeah. It just take a lot at this, it take a lot at this point to be put in my rotation and that ain't like a knock on current music that's just that's just me and kind of how i listen to music like i just feel like i get enough from the niggas who i really like so why would i listen to a nigga who like i like but i can't even like he's not on the level of the top like when i have so much music from the top that i can listen to yeah yeah so i I don't know i got you well we can uh I'm gonna make me a luxury drug rap uh playlist. I'll shoot that out. Please do. If anybody do. is interested. And then my uh lullaby. My lullaby <laughs> like uh <laughs> like I guess like whisper rap type shit. Like they're real like it's not I wouldn't say it's soulful, but it's like I don't know. It's I, I don't really know how to describe it. But I'll make a playlist of that too and shoot that out. Cause when I said luxury drug rap, I had some folks confused on Twitter. I mean, I know exactly what you mean. A couple people were like, so who else outside of like this artist or this artist? And so it became like a became like a little thread. Uh shout out to uh Ezzy, designer, personal designer. Uh, I believe she's out in California. Uh I met her through a mutual friend uh that he was cool with. And uh, she be out here designing for like some of the biggest stars out here, man. Um, so yeah, but that's that's who it was like. Who who other than Ross is you know 
doing shit like that. So I had to put put her on game. And then Stash, shout out to Stash, you feel me? Stash chimed in. It was like, yeah, niggas be spitting. So uh yeah, we might have to we might have to throw that out there. But I just wanted to kind of get a gauge on, on on what you're listening to these days. Cause you know the season's getting ready to change. And I remember when when it got cold out, I was telling you like that was when I was really in my Griselda bag. And so Getting ready to warm up, the sun getting ready to come out a little bit more. It's daylight savings time right now. Um so we sprang forward. So, you know, what what we listen to and how we listen to it is getting ready to change. So I'm I'm excited to see what what I what I'm getting at, what I'm getting into and getting off this spring. Word. But Let's let's uh let's dive into the show. We got some shit we want to get off today. Some topics right, man, we want to dive it. into, so so let's get it. Yo, man, it's a lot of brothers out there flaking and perpetrating, but scared to kick reality. I'm Madonna. Do you need pajamas? Yeah. Stay in the night, girl, you promised it. I hide in the cave like Osama did. I'm blowing the bag in the diamond district. You need me like dollars that are owed to you. Yeah, money and me are the same, but I just don't fall for you. Yeah, run me your body, I put a range on the road for you I don't know what you were told, but I ain't mad at you, baby If I sent you up, me to a beep on you crazy Diamond and a rough, you look as good as Oprah's break account I just wanna take you out, fuck you in your mama house It's all good, man, but yeah, this corona shit turning up, bro It's turning up They talking about, so you know, we we also at work, we also got an email about like, you know, self-quarantine. And, you know, if you feel the the symptoms. But to me, this I mean, it's like, how are you supposed to be able to dif- differentiate like a nigga just having a cold and like I need to go get checked for Corona? I mean, I don't know, because they say that the uh, they say that the symptoms are all the same. And see, it's terrible for a nigga like me because I got like my allergies act up really, really bad at the change of the seasons. Mm-hmm. So my nose been running. I've been stopped up, and you know it. It gets to a point like where you got like a little cough. Mm-hmm. The folks was looking at me crazy yesterday. <laughs> yesterday. I mean, bro, like it's folks at my job. I mean, the like the coughing is getting a little out of control, and I'm just like. <laughs> And it's like normally, normally, you know, niggas have a coughing fit and you just like, damn, you know, they just coughing. <laughs> but, you know, now all this, you know, propaganda in my head, I'm like, bro, your cough a little extra, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> maybe it's time for you to go see the nurse, you know, and we got a nurse at work. I really it's like I've known we had a nurse, but it's just like I utilized the nurse on Friday and I was like, damn, we got a whole nurse here. Like who can do whatever we need. To, like, I shouldn't even think about going to urgent care. I should just go, go to, the, to nurse. the nurse. Like, cause you pay for, and it's crazy. It's like, and I ain't even been utilizing. Like I've been, you know, I've been sleep. In my previous job, we had a health clinic. I used the hell out of that. <laughs> Said I was in there. Man, I was getting full prescriptions from that bitch. <laughs> hey, maybe. <laughs> it's good y'all just coming in for my uh <laughs> my monthly goddamn antibiotic <laughs> give me an antihistamine <laughs> ain't no name but yeah now. man that shit is it, it, it's bro it's crazy as hell man cause uh so it's a whole bunch of different stuff going on so strep strep throat is like 
rampant right now. Mm-hmm. The flu is still rampant right now. Mm-hmm. The seasons are changing, so if you have yeah, terrible right. allergies, that shit is gonna kick your ass. And then coronavirus. But everybody just think like if you're not one hundred percent okay, you have the coronavirus. <laughs> like just, niggas, it's like it's not no in between no more. Like you ain't just got a little cough. It's like oh, you got the Rona. Like you got Corona. My niggas want to get tested, like straight up, and they don't even have tests. So I think, I think like so when they started like rolling out the actual tests, they said it was people all over the country who were like calling, afraid that they may have it. They were calling their health lines, and they like, yeah, we don't know how to test you. So, I mean, you can come, but we just gonna quarantine you into a room, and we ain't got that many beds. So. That's a damn shame. See, but they shouldn't even be scaring niggas like this to make niggas even feel like like why like why is hand sanitizer, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Wipe from the shelves. What's been tripping me out is how niggas been like, yo, it's plenty soap. <laughs> <laughs> niggas like it's plenty soap. They take a picture of the soap just in full. Niggas just got straight hand sanitizer. Like, damn. Wash your what hands, I've, nigga. Bro, what I've learned throughout this whole thing is like a specific section of the population, you know, because I received some feedback on how I discussed uh, some things last week. <laughs> you so, got some feedback. Uh, a specific. Are you toxic? Uh, a specific <laughs> area. I don't know. No prejudiced was the term. Used. I mean, that's that's you, bro. You know. So uh, that, that's they yeah. right. They right on point. I'm just, I'm just going to say a specific <laughs> section of the population uh, who uh, can be deemed the majority, you know, the majority bro. Uh, don't don't seem to value washing hands as much as uh, utilizing just water sometimes like just just water and cold water at that or, you know, throwing on some hand sanitizer and calling it a day. Whereas it, the CDC clearly told us when this thing first started, like, wash your hands. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that don't mean hand sanitizer. <laughs> like they said, wash your hands and do not touch your face unless you've washed your hands. Like, that's the only thing they told us. Niggas was like, I'm going to go get a mask. <laughs> no. Nah. They said, like, um, no, don't go get a mask. It doesn't it doesn't help. No, I'm gonna go get a mask though. <laughs> Niggas masked up. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't sold out of masks everywhere. So the stock the stock for hand sanitizer didn't win up six points this week. Niggas living. <laughs> Niggas who made masks don't even know like how they de- how many more they need to produce because niggas just buying them. Corona them Corona sales then went down. Corona, them niggas are pissed. <laughs> they are like y'all slow. It's like a new poll came out and 38% of Americans said that they will not be drinking Corona, <laughs> you know, in, in response to coronavirus, which and is just ridiculous. The CDC is just sitting there like, well, goddamn, <laughs> you niggas just refuse to listen, huh? I always say it was wash your hands and don't touch your face. Right. But look what y'all do. And it's just letting me know, like, this specific section of the population don't care about rules. 
I mean, <laughs> like, just, just don't, like, just don't give a fuck, like. I mean, niggas feel like they're being like overcautious because they're like, well, you know, I'm just gonna. I mean, I know they said this, but I'm just gonna cop a bunch of hand sanitizer and this, that, and the other. And it's like, it's like I get that. Like I get that. You want to keep the hand sanitizer. You know, I'm somebody who feel like you should wash whenever you have the opportunity to wash your hands, like with soap and water. You should take that opportunity. You yeah. know, and in between time, if you want a quick hand sanitizer, like I understand. Like that's cool. But you know. Going back to your point about just how a lot of people, because, you know, in our bathroom, we got hand sanitizer as well. You know, like it's soap and water. Then before you leave the bathroom, it's, you know, you can get hand sanitizer. Uh, and I've seen people, you know, skip the soap and water, get the hand sanitizer. And I've also seen, you know, just the turn the cold water on, rub my hands, five seconds, paper towel out the door. More often than not, I done seen niggas walk clean out that bitch. Bro. I said, oh, you niggas are foul. Especially like, when, especially when they know you in there, that's when I know you don't care. Like you like, don't even mind letting me know that you ain't wash your hands. Like, like, come on, bro. Like that's the type of time we uh, with coronavirus, like just out here being spread. And now is the time for you to choose to not change your ways. Like you just refuse to change, huh? I mean, that's that's how niggas Got get it. down. And see, but you know, I'm not gonna limit that to the majority though. I just feel like I be around the majority, so I see them a lot. But I don't know what you niggas doing either. I don't trust you. I think niggas just don't niggas niggas don't be washing their hands long enough. Like when the <laughs> CDC came out, it was like you gotta wash your hands for like twenty to thirty seconds, right, and like go know. all the way to like the mid arm and shit. You know, niggas, niggas be was tap, like what? Tap. <laughs> niggas was like what? They said we gotta do what? Nah, nigga, I'm not seeing my ABCs twice to wash my hands. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, bro, this is literally a matter of life and death. <laughs> and you niggas, nah. you niggas just don't want to wash our hands for ten seconds longer. Y'all stupid. I feel that though, man. I mean, really, you know, put some soap on your hands, lather. You know what I'm saying? Get them, get the creases of your hands. This is what people miss. They just kind of go like over the top. You got to get the webbings. You got to get the soap all in there, rub them palms together, and warm water, like preferably as hot as it can get without burning you. You know, wash that soap off, and then you out the door. Uh, Grab the paper towel. Wait until you open the door. So open it with the paper towel because you know the handle dirty. Then as soon as that's done, I mean, I hope that there's a garbage can close to the door. You just, you know, Kobe it in the garbage can and you out. Kobe. You know. So, you know, right now it's probably not the time to Kobe it in the trash can. Just drop it in because, you know, if you miss. <laughs> I mean, see, but that's that's the great thing about calling Kobe. It's 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 accurate either way. <laughs> you know what no, I'm saying? <laughs> Kobe was accurate. You niggas. <laughs> You uh, niggas were not accurate. I think, you know, regardless, like, I love Kobe. He my GOAT, but he, I think he is the record holder for most missed field goals in the NBA. So, I mean, come on now. I mean. I didn't see a lot of Kobe bricks. But you're not throwing up, you're not throwing up Kobe 
Like you're not throwing the trash can, the, the trash in the trash can, hollering Kobe with the intent to miss. That's true, but that's Co- my point. Kobe not shooting with the intent to miss. That ain't mean he ain't missed a record number of shots. You know, it's just I'm a volume shooter, so you know that's that's what Kobe is. So I can call that. You know, rest in peace, though. But yeah, man, wash your hands, man. That's just that's just the fact of the matter. I came up and soaked you <laughs> and fucked the boys in blue. Yeah, I, I don't know what song you singing. I don't know the reference. Bro, you've not heard that song? No, I have not. I have not. Dog, hold on, Alex. <laughs> hold the phone. Hold. Oh, my gosh. The phone. This is a Columbia, Tennessee <laughs> song. No, this is not. This is a viral. Uh, this is a viral video. And teardrops they fall down like rain. Oh. <laughs> I put on that old song that we danced to, and then I head back to the trap. Cause not much has changed. I never made it that far, but yes, I do know. <laughs> this do might be the this. song of our generation. I mean, you know, I feel like hearing that, you know, just really, you know, we can do whatever we want to do as people. You know what I mean? Like, we can do whatever we want to do and it still be hard. You know? Like, we're just that damn good. So, I mean, maybe I should think about doing country music. I mean, clearly, because Ratback been supposed to come for like 18 months at this point, so you might want to just pivot. Look, man. I mean, it's still going to drop, but maybe, you know, country back next. And maybe it just be a theme. Maybe I just start doing all the genres, and I just, you know, I do rock back and pop back. and. If you do a folk, if you do a folk back. I mean, it's just, who am I going to find to produce this shit? Who's gonna produce my folk back? <laughs> my, my nigga AC gonna do opera back coming soon. Hey. <laughs> this shit gonna be so hard. But when I drop niggas. my gospel back, then niggas gonna be like, oh man, like AC is not playing. Cause you know I'm gonna go hard on the gospel back. Oh my gosh. That's gonna be, hey man, you know, I mean, I could have just sparked something right there. You know what I'm saying? You know, that just be, give me something to do for the next decade. Cause you know it's gonna take five years for each one. <laughs> Every single one. Every single one. 
by 2030, this nigga only gonna have two EPs out. Nah. See, I was going, still, I'm just burning. And neither one of them out. gonna be rap back. <laughs> right, that's still coming. <laughs> you know. Now, rap back coming this month, though, no lie. No lie, man. March 2020, we out. You sound like Meg the Stallion, dog. You've you been having some issues. <laughs> hey, man, with I've been life. trying to renegotiate my contract with, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm actually signed did, to SoundCloud, so. <laughs> what, what did you uh, what did you think of the details that have come out about her contract since it's reporting? I mean, Meg, she looking a little shaky right now to me. I mean, I'm still I still need more details, um, but you know, I kind of let the details come out. Um, as far as, you know, her initially even having her when she was on Instagram live or whatever, just talking about either that or a video. I don't know if she did some type of video just talking about issues with the label and her contract and her wanting to renegotiate and they're blocking her from releasing music and this and that. And then obviously the response from her label, um, you know, saying it's ridiculous and Jay Prince has spoken on it and she's re-spoken on it. Uh, the contract has come out, you know what I'm saying? So now niggas ain't got to worry about who telling the truth about the details of the contracts. I think the only thing that's kind of still murky is how much money has the label actually spent on Meg and, you know, things like that. Cause people are still asking questions about that. Uh, but from the details of the contract, I think a lot of people have kind of concluded that, you know, it's not some outlandish, starter contract for a new artist you know it's uh typical i mean now some new artists are able to negotiate like a a really good first deal and it's based on the leverage that they're making the deal in because now we know you can pop before the deal with the label so when you didn't really popped and you then you go to the label now you can really negotiate something uh and you know if meg was to the point that she is right now without the label and now she's signing a deal and this was the deal then i might be like okay you know that wasn't a great deal but her being a new artist at the time signing that deal i mean that's that's not unheard of it's not like she was getting uh worse than uh i guess what would be considered par for a new deal now we know that new deals 360 deals are awful but we also know that it's kind of par for the course if you ain't got no leverage you know so that's just what it is. So I'm interested to see how it's going to play out in court. Um, you know, they're saying, I mean, you know, they said a lot about Rock Nation and what they're trying to do and trying to poach her away. Like 1501 put in all the work and now they're trying to just take her from there and do whatever. Um, but, you know, I still don't know those details. I think some things are true. Some things are assumption. But I'm. I think it's just an interesting case in general. I hate that she has gone so public about it. Maybe that was their intent, but it's just, you know, I'm not used to seeing that in this type of instance where we have, first of all, I'm not used to getting the details of somebody's contract. Like, I ain't never seen no shit like that before in my life. Yeah, that was wild. Yeah, so it's like, for all this to be playing out in public the way it is in a in a way that I've never seen before, that's why I'm just real interested to see how this is about to go. Because I don't know nobody deal. You know what I mean? This is the first deal of somebody I like. 
you know. No, you right. know the terms of yeah. So that's wild. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be interesting because what happens after, whatever happens in this case, what hap- what what follows is gonna be, I think monumental when we look back on this time only because to your point we don't we've never known people's deals like we've heard like the term 360 deal or i only got a distribution i got a pub deal like we've heard those terms but actually like having the contract as like public record that's wild that's crazy and then, so everybody can dissect it, and you have industry, you know, industry insiders basically saying like that ain't a bad deal at all. <laughs> like, so who you think released it? Was it her label that released the deal? She released it because she turned the contract over as a public record for the court case. Mm, okay. So in Houston, it's it's public record, so you can just go online and. You know, pull this shit like wow. from my understanding. I could be wrong, but that that's my that's what I gathered that once it was entered in as evidence in that public case, then it could become public. And mm-hmm. so it, it it it's it's a slippery slope because I don't know if I you know, Megan's been doing her rounds. It doesn't seem like she wanted to get out of she she made it clear she didn't want to get out of the deal. She still don't want to get out of the deal. She just wants to renegotiate the terms. Which I mean, if you she signed that deal when she was twenty two. I don't I'm not sure how old she is now. But uh, she's um twenty she either twenty five or twenty six. I think she's twenty five though. Yeah, so I mean, I I get why you know some years have passed. She's made herself significantly relevant within the culture, and within pop culture at large. So it's like, I get I, I get both sides, right? And this is the thing that I want people to understand because we talked about it a little bit when with the whole Diddy and Mace thing. But people have to understand that the music business. That second word is what dictates the first, right? Right. Business is how we get music, whether niggas want to admit it or not. You can go out there and do it for the love and for the passion all you want to. Nobody's going to ever hear it because business is in consumption. And so if I'm a business, right, if if I if you sign to me, AC, mm-hmm. and... We done waited 18 months for rap back to drop. I'm pumping money into you going to the studio. I'm pumping money into, you know, you, you, your marketing, trying to get your performance right, all this shit. And then you drop a song and it hits tomorrow, right? We out of here. In two, three years, if you continue on that trajectory of just pure relevance, of course you gonna wanna come back and renegotiate some shit we discussed when you was broke as a joke on April Fool's Day. Like that's just the reality of it. But as a businessman for me, right, if I control most of your masters, if I control most of your publishing, if I control your likeness, and I have a say to get a cut of anything your name is on, your stage name is on. 
why would I give that up? <laughs> like being a good, and this is what like people get confused. There's a difference between ethics and business ethics. So you can think something is personally ethically wrong, like artists getting jerked. I fundamentally feel like that's ethically wrong, right? Mm-hmm. But from a business standpoint, you got you use resources until you can't, right? You find temporary, you you find permanent permanent value in temporary resources. So you take somebody like uh, Trinidad James, right? Mm-hmm. Trinidad James could have been he released I'll go everything it hit he could have signed a record deal and I and they said from this date forward we own X Y and Z right and at that time if he was just trying to get on he could be like shit I right, whatever they didn't remixed and put parts of that song in just about everything over the last five years right. He's publicly discussed like how shit impacted him after that one hit because he had a whole bunch of money, a whole bunch of fame, a whole bunch of acclaim, and then it was over. But somebody is still getting a huge check off of him. And that's what people don't understand about the music business. Like, it's a business. Niggas are not in it to, to make you feel happy or to be a therapy place for you or to give you the most talented artists, you know, their platform to get their shit off. It's about money. Getting this bread. <laughs> it's about money. So if I stand to gain more money by not renegotiating your contract, you have to do something like even if even if a business wants to do the renegotiation, right? They have to feel like they are not losing in order to even entertain it. Because if I'm getting 50%, let's just say 50%, right? Straight splits. I'm getting 50% of everything. You're going to have to like, <laughs> you going to have to drive a hard, like, I'm going to need to be extremely compensated for me to drop down below 50%. And then if I have an argument where I feel like I should actually be getting like 70, 80 because I'm doing everything, the likelihood of me dropping anywhere below 50 is, you know, very, very slim. It's just it's, it's very slim. So, like, I get I get what she wants. It, it makes perfect sense. I, you know, I'm not going to speak on. I'm not going to speak on her ability or inability to avoid being put in this situation because I don't know what her situation was when she signed this deal. I do know people have pointed out, you know, them being insensitive to her mother, being uh, deceased and things like that. I mean, is and, it being insensitive just to bring her up because she was involved in it? I don't, I mean, I don't, I said, I feel like they haven't said anything like very negative about her mother or at least in the public statements that I've seen. It's just more so just sharing her involvement. <laughs> From from my perspective, I don't think I don't think bringing her mother up is relevant in this situation right now. Right? I mean, they said that her mother was there with her when she signed the contract. Her mother was a rapper, um, so they're saying that. I think what they're alleging is she oversaw the contract. She looked at it. And she felt like it was good enough for her daughter to sign. And now that she's no longer here and things have changed, 
I think they're trying to use it as a like a crutch indirectly mm-hmm. to be like, hey, your mama said it was cool. Like, but I mean, it just it comes across like it's in bad taste. And I think that if it further feeds into the narrative of what I think Meg wanted to do, like, let's just let's just be very, very real. Right. When, when I saw this whole situation, I thought three things. I thought one, whether she wins this case or she loses this case. She shed light on something that I think consumers at large didn't really just think or know. And that's that niggas is still out here getting jerked. That's number one. That ain't never you, can be, you can be one of the biggest artists in the culture and you're still going to get jerked, right? Secondly, it put the it put the record label in the court of public opinion, Right. So before we even heard from Carl or 1501, they were already the villain in this story. Mm-hmm. And then three, I knew she had something coming. There's no way you come out and say they won't let me release my music. If you don't have music that's ready to be released and you want to drum up some 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 hype or attention or publicity around it. And I mean, it was done masterfully because she she went from being on IG talking crazy about her record label to being in court to getting the courts to agree with her and grant her a restraining order. So they basically have a gag order. They not supposed to be talking about nothing. Only she can talk right now, which is amazing because she's way more known than Carl. <laughs> so she has the the court of public opinion on her side already. Now these other people who are like releasing you know, bits of information to combat what she's saying is starting to turn the tides of the people. But for the most part, people are sympathizing and empathizing with me. And so then when she starts her press run, she goes on the breakfast club and gives almost as much information as she's given before, but to a much wider audience. now. And then you got like Jay Prince coming out, and so that it, it's like Jay when Jay Prince does what he did. One or two, it's two things that happen, right? Niggas know, oh shit, has gotten real. <laughs> so that's uh, that's niggas' indication, like y'all need to shut the fuck up talking about this and let let it happen the way that it happens. And then it went radio silent, right? <laughs> niggas went from talking about that to once Jay Prince stepped in, it's like. Yeah, we just gonna, <laughs> just gonna let it we play gonna out. chill. <laughs> we go. We are just gonna take a backseat to this. And then the other thing is, it gives Meg an opportunity to play the victim. These men are bullying me, anti-woman. Like you get like that that victimology. People are going to buy into. It's just it is what it is. So it's like a perfect setup for her, and I think she fumbled it. I just I hate that this is playing out in public the way it is. If it is like some serious shit, you know, if she really seriously concerned about her contract and, you know, and like I said before, I don't know if this was like advice that she should play it out in public, that it would help her case and things like that. But um, I don't know, man, it's not a good look. And, you know, I don't even think I mean, you know, I could have my hater cap on, but I'm just like, you know, Meg Music. I don't know, bro. It's, it's, I don't even know if this is warranted. Like, how can you be like, I need to renegotiate my deal? Like, 
I just feel like you got to do more to even want to do that. You got to have more than what she's produced. You know, it's just, you know, I don't look at her as this huge artist. Like, she's a bubbling artist to me. She's bubbling. You know, like, she's not she's not on the tier of established artists. Like, she's not an established artist at all. You know, like, once you get established, sometimes you get established in the middle of your deal. So if you got a five-album deal, maybe after two albums, you like, all right, you know, like, I want to I wanna at least sit down and talk. Like, I know technically, legally, y'all don't have to do nothing, but, you know, we still want to have a good business relationship. I'm making a lot of money for y'all. Y'all making a lot of money for me, but maybe we can negotiate something else, you know. But to be like, hey, look, y'all signed me, and now I'm finally bubbling, like, Niggas finally know my name. I got a hot song. Uh, my song, not top 10, but, you know, it's it's on Billboard. And, hey, like, you know, now I want to renegotiate. Like, nigga, what? We ain't even got started yet. Like, to me, you not even you not even solidified in the rap game where I'm like, okay, now I know I'm going to make money off you for years to come. So maybe we can talk. Like, I don't know if that's just necessarily true for Meg. So... When we talk about renegotiating, we talking about serious leverage, you know. So, so not negotiating our initial deal, but actually coming to an agreement and then saying we're going to renegotiate. And you telling me hot girl summer supposed to be your leverage? Come on, I mean, a song that to me, if Nikki and Ty ain't on it, I mean, <laughs> it ain't doing nothing. So. I'll say if they weren't on it, it would not have done as it would not have done as much as it did. Yeah. But see, this is the thing, right? This is where social media has morphed our perception of the level of impact we actually have. Like she she is pop culture, right? She has become pop culture. But to the point that you know somebody was making in our group chat like the music hasn't been the driving force of her relevance like the music is the music is good for the most part right she can rap her ass off i mean she can rap yeah and when it comes to certain types of music right right now what's popular that's her lane so it's sustainable but I think what we gotta look at is three years ago when this whole lane was bubbling Muggs was not really fucking with it at first <laughs> like Muggs was not it, and, and the thing of it is I think she she values herself the way in which a Cardi B should value herself right if, if if cardi was in this situation and making this type of noise in regards to her paperwork then niggas would be like yeah right you know you 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 sustain a level of impact and relevance that you know we know at least for the next three or four years we can cash in on you right Meg hasn't done that, yeah. but people, the confusion there is last summer, the high girl summer thing blew up so quickly and it was everywhere. 
that I think it 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 was kind of like it it wasn't it was her one hit it was her one hit wonder time frame right like you, you may not know if you're not really of this culture you may not know who Meg the Stallion is but you've either seen her or one of her catchphrases you've heard because it's pop culture now. I mean, uh, you know, and I disagree with that, but I don't. I'm not here to argue that today. It well, my point more so is that that sense of relevance is not directly tied to anything musically, right. and she gets paid to be a musician. True. And that is that. That's the that's the conundrum, right? Like we, you can you can tell that if handled properly and put in some situations, she could easily be a star, right? She could easily be the next star. But right now, her right now, her only piece of leverage is her persona. Not any real music that's tied to the personas, right? Like when she was on the Breakfast Club, they was like, uh, Charlemagne asked her, like, Hot Girl Summer was like you last summer that was it that was all you heard high girl summer and then when it became the high girls versus the city boy like it was a phenomenon but then he was like we're all we're in spring now right he had to ask her what the fall and winter was <laughs> right like and she said something like school girl something like, like but did nobody know that? Like n- nobody, nobody outside of her core fan base or like people on Twitter, right? knew knew that niggas. So when now that this next summer is coming up, like she's not gonna be able to repeat Hot Girl Summer. It's gonna have to be something else, and that's the that's the that's the gift and the curse of the internet age and music and social media. It's like you could have a white scorching hot summer and by the time that next summer come around mugs want to know okay what's next so if she don't deliver this summer and i like this offering she gave us friday like i i hope that's not like what she's giving people going into the summer but if it is she may need to reevaluate this whole thing i mean bro like you know i'm no negative energy 2020 you know that's what I'm on. We also know that you don't you you're not a fan of Meg the Stallion. Like to me, she just ain't popped yet, bro. Like she just like you said, she had a good summer. But even then, it's like it was it big old freak. I mean, that was that was a big song. Uh it wasn't like a huge song, but it was like pretty big. Um, you know, and I, I just I just don't see, I guess I just, maybe I just don't see what everybody else see in terms of like her true level of like popularity and sustainability. Cause I mean, not to say that she don't have that. I just have not seen that yet. You know, it's like niggas have good songs. I mean, this like, that don't like that don't show your level. You know, it's like Cardi drop Bodak. Like nobody knew after Bodak that Cardi was sustainable, but 
you know, she kept dropping hits and that and that was it. And then niggas knew and like carrying those hits like her, you know, and Cardi had the personality. And I don't like Meg. I know she got the persona thing, but I don't I don't see it. I don't I just don't see that. You know, even when I watch her on Breakfast Club, it's just she just seemed like a I don't know, like like any girl up there. Like, that's just how, when I when I hear her talk, when I just kind of see her personality, like, I don't know, like, I just I don't see like the star. Or, or what I'm trying to say is I don't see the, oh, yeah, we gonna bank we can bank on her. And that, like, we're really willing to have, like, a serious renegotiation of your contract because you have clearly shown yourself to be a star. Like, uh, from a label perspective, I, I don't see that from Meg right now, you know. But I do see, and I, I see her now, you know, she got a fan base and things can be done, but we like, it's still more work to do. Thing about her fan base is, I, I think her her core fan base is pretty solid. I think the her core fan base is not large enough at this point that they gonna roll, right? Like I think she still has quite a bit of passive fans who like love to see her shake her ass or love to see her talk a certain way but it's not necessarily rooted in her right it's it's some spillage from the city girls cardi b what two two year time frame where they put that that type on the map and then meg kind of has come under that and they just it was like a natural progression like a natural shift over to ah oh, let me throw some egg in this mix too like right. you really a city girls Cardi B fan, but you fuck with Meg because she be on that same shit. Right. But all it all it takes is for Meg to have like one project where you like, nah, I'm not fucking with that, and you may you may or may not listen again. Right? Like to me, she gonna need like a cold, you know, producer. Like you know, it's. To me, it would take a lot because I don't think she just got it on her own to just like drop this super hard project. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's gonna be some real. I think she got a. I I, I personally feel like she she's going to have to. She gonna have to go ahead and drop her album, or finish it and get it done. Like it, it needs to be done before August. Um. And it needs to be hard. Like it needs, yeah, it got to be like the finesse nigga shit, yeah. the ass shaking shit that I everybody just, loves. I need her to hear for. a little bit of flexibility, man. I need to hear just, just maybe. But I she want... gotta come, like she gotta come with the level of Meg that we've seen in these freestyles before all of this other shit. Because what happens to artists like her is we know we know them for something and then something else starts working and then they get boxed into doing whatever works right and once that runs its course it's hard to get people back to like what it was before because when i first heard meg she wasn't in them wwe wrestling diva (laughs) outfits like she was still showing off her body and shit but she was goddamn like she was rapping she was rapping right and i was like oh Okay, this is what this is, and then when she unleashed the 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 twerking and 
the rest of her body and she had the mass sex appeal niggas was like okay okay she may have her, she may have something here but since then <laughs> but since then it's like only been there and I don't want to get on here and be that guy cause you, we didn't see them niggas on Twitter right. who's like damn all she do is shake her yeah. ass like <laughs> no, I'm my not, guy I'm not that guy <laughs> like like my guy you know you tuning in every time a clip come across of her throwing ass niggas is tuned in niggas but what bad. I will but what I will say is if that's going it it's becoming as if like that version of her is the caricature and we not really getting much of the original freestyle Meg. Because I remember when Meg first, when I first heard of her and she was doing those freestyles, she was telling her story about how she grew up on 3-6 Mafia, Project Pat, Pimp C, shit like that. So that's how she was rapping. And in these freestyles, like, it was on that type of time. So she had, I remember one of the first ones she did that went viral was out around the same time. You remember Young and May did that L.A. Leaker shit. Right. And it was like an actual debate where niggas was like on comments in the end threads talking about like which one was better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like we know she can rap and we know she got ass. We know she, she loves to twerk. We know like we know these things about her. Now it's time for her to put it together. And I think when we look back in retrospect, because she's not making music right now, that was one of the things that that was one of the things people loved about Nikki early on, and one of the things that has I mean, I think Nikki at this point she's too big to fail, so she's built herself up, like to your point, like she's built herself and her fan base up to a point where like Nikki can do whatever the fuck she wants to right. but when when Nikki had that perceived decline where like core Nikki fans was like I ain't been fucking with a lot of what she's been doing since X time it was because she leaned into one thing more than mm-hmm. continuing to give us the full package and it's sexist as hell I mean niggas, niggas don't have to change niggas don't have to progress niggas don't have to do pretty much of anything but I think that's solely because Niggas have so much. One is more niggas in the rap game, right? Right. So if I want to turn up, it's it's a certain section of niggas who rap that that's all I'm gonna listen to them for. If I want to listen to some conscious shit, it's a certain section of niggas. Like I have variety in those areas. When it comes to women in rap. You have those same varieties, but the sample size is so much smaller, right? right? If you want to listen to conscious women rap, you you know of maybe three or four, right? Mm-hmm. If you got ass shaking, twerking in the party, scamming nigga shit, it's a small section of them who do that. Mm-hmm. Hits, like billboard hits, it's maybe one or two. Right. So like the spread is not as much so the ask of female artists is it's like leaps and bounds higher than it is for a male artist and it's not fair but if they don't do it they're not sustainable i mean it's just it's the fan base of rap you know it's just majority men so it's just gonna be harder in general you know 
if I was making something that appealed to like majority women, like I think I think it would be harder to do, you know, as a man than a woman, you know, just based. I mean, when we think about the like the kind of stuff that women say, like just a lot of dudes just not like it could be hard from a women perspective, but a lot of dudes just don't want to hear that. Like a lot of niggas just don't want to hear no scamming niggas song. Like I can't sing along to that shit, you know. Or niggas don't want to. Is niggas don't really want to hear. And we really we starting to sound like them niggas, but, but <laughs> it's like when niggas are when niggas are online talking about they don't want to hear about they want women to rap about things other than sex, they pussy, and X, Y, and Z. It's like. While I understand that want, what these female artists understand is that's what a lot of these niggas want to hear. <laughs> like, it just historically, that's what niggas have wanted to hear. So, them throwing it in their music because that's how they feel is a sense of empowerment. Like, I get that. And I ain't tripping off the sex. I ain't yeah, like, I, I ain't never it, tripping it off is, that. It is what it is, but I think when it comes to your point right since rap is so male dominated a woman if you ask a woman who her favorite rapper is nine times out of ten it's a nigga right Right. as many amazing female rappers that we have in the game they favorite rapper is gonna be a nigga and it's fucked up but it's similar to like the NBA WNBA shit like we know that it takes a whole lot more skill to be a woman's professional basketball player, but women, for the most part, just not gonna watch that shit. Right. Doesn't mean it's a lesser product. Don't mean it. It, it just it is what it is, right? Because if you ask a woman who her favorite basketball player is, nine times out of ten, it's a nigga, right? And rap is the same way. Like, and even when you think about it, it's niggas, like you can name a couple WNBA players that you know is cold. And it's the same way with rap. It's like I can name you, I can probably name you seven, eight, nine hard female rappers. But you may not know the same seven, eight, nine that I know. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it, it it's it, it's a slippery slope. And I, I, I hope that Meg does well. Uh I don't think this perceived beef between her and Jay Prince is going to uh, hopefully it's just one of those situations where she's not made an enemy of him I mean I don't see that happening I don't see I, mean, it. I, don't, I, don't, I don't see it blowing up to us like oh damn you know there's like real beef between these two I mean even on breakfast club she was just like look I don't even know that nigga you know yeah but I, you get what I'm saying though yeah. like perception is everything and Jay Prince has this like ominous reputation. It's like it's it's crazy because the Candyman movie finna come out, but it's almost like he the Candyman. Like you say his name three times, he gonna be there. This nigga like, Hold up, <laughs> Jay Prince in the building. Let me set this shit straight. He said, "Good morning." <laughs> they said this nigga posted before niggas even knew what they was having for breakfast. He clearing it up first thing in the morning. So yeah, gotta love yeah, it. And, you know, Meg came to the defense of Rock Nation and Hove. Yeah, um, 
So I, it, this shit is just getting, it, it's getting messy. It's getting messy, man. But do you think you know that they just they just dirty over there, Rock Nation, or what, bro? Because I was just reading an article. It was about two chains. He was talking about when he was kind of bubbling up, and you know he was. You remember he was working a lot with Kanye and good music in them. And you know he was like, you know Kanye was hitting me up every day, blah blah blah. Then you know I got a call from Jay Z. And Jay-Z, like, you know, I want you to come to New York. I heard you've been doing a lot. Uh, and, you know, 2 Chains was like, okay, can I bring, you know, pretty much his manager at the time, DJ Tech. He like, can I bring, you know, Tech with me? And Hove was just like, you know, why, like, why are you trying to bring, you know, your DJ? You know what I'm saying? Like, kind of essentially, like, you know, like, you could just come by yourself. You know, you can leave your, your friend or whatever. Uh, but... You know, two chains at that time was like, no, nah, I'm not even about to take this meeting with Hove because, you know, I'm not comfortable with going up there without my, you know, my person who's been with me since the beginning, helped me get to where I am. Uh, so he turned down that opportunity at the time, you know. But it's just another example. I mean, maybe this is like a common occurrence from Rock Nation. I mean, I don't know. But I mean, I really don't know who doing well at Rock Nation. Like who signed to them as an artist? And doing well. I mean, I know that I guess they they just managing, uh, you know, make the stallion. But I'm like, they manage a lot of people. So is that is that what they like mainly like to do? I think that's I think for the most part, I think that's mainly what they what do. they do. Uh, I think them is like a actual label as far as like, because you know. Uh, so Rihanna still signed there. Uh, Kanye is technically still signed there, uh, and like, good music is under that umbrella. I don't know about that. I don't think good music is under Rock Nation. I think good music is under Def Jam. But is the management is under there? The conglomerate is managed by Rock Nation. Well, I, that's yeah, why I guess, Big Sean. Yeah, I that's why only, Big Sean was like, I don't want to hear no, I don't want to hear about no uh, Kanye questions, no Rock Nation questions, or no uh, that because I think they handle their man. Like, I mean, do you think they handle his management or good music? Like good music? No, good music. Because push, if, if you look into Pusha shit, I, I believe that he is. He he's managed by I think Rock Nation manages good music. All right. Like they're not signed to them. I think they handle the management of rock. I mean of good music artists, if that makes sense. I mean I I'm I'm hearing you. Now do I? I mean you know I don't yeah. believe nothing you say. So <laughs> I mean I mean it is. I, I know I know they manage Big Sean. I just I just I have not known them to manage the whole label. Yeah. Because I've never heard of anything like that. I've never heard of any, you know, every artist has their management, you know. So I'm just, I'm, I haven't known a label to be managed. Like, I know Yo Gotti is managed by Rock Nation. Yeah. Um, I'm seeing right here that Benny the Butcher is managed by Rock Nation. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, they're managed. I think they're more of a management company than they are a label, label. now. Right. Yeah. Which confuses a lot of people. 
but Casanova is actually signed. Like he is signed to the Rock Nation label. J Cole is signed to that label. J Electronica, uh, Jay Z, uh, Rhapsody, Rihanna, The Locks, Vic Mensa, Lox, uh, and then I mean some other artists, but those are the people who are like signed. Belly is signed to Rock Nation. Yeah. See, that's lit. They got a nice little roster over there. Jaden Smith. <laughs> oh, for real? Yeah, he signed to Rock Nation. Then they really got a nice little roster over there. Because Jaden Smith be doing numbers. <laughs> Low key, I am just an icon living. <laughs> like, that nigga be doing numbers. He got a song with his sister on his last project. Is hard. Hmm. Well, young Willow. Yeah, it threw me off a little bit because it sounds like it's like a. It's like a love. It's not like a love song. It's like a be with you type of song, hmm. but it's like a brother and sister singing it. <laughs> so it's it was weird at first, it goes, but <laughs> you know that it's a it's a great song though. I ain't gonna lie. It's it's, it's a fire song. I fuck with it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, in short, you know, Hov and them, they they a little dirty over there, man. So you gotta keep your eye on them. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, I mean, I guess Rock Nation is more than Hove. You know, you just got to watch Rock Nation. I mean, I hope that's not the case. I hope that, you know, because, I mean, you know, the argument from her original label is like, you know, they come in, they try to find a problem and then, you know, make you feel like you're in a bad situation. And now they're trying to get you out of it. Uh you know, when the truth is there wasn't really any problems prior to the meeting with Rock Nation, you know. And it seemed like, you know, the the now I forgot the dude the dude that's that's kind of working closely with her. Um T Ferris. Yeah, T Ferris. So, you know, they kinda putting a little blame on him, you know, just saying that he Swisher House. You know, set up <laughs> set up the uh meeting with Rock Nation and all this and you know Really I got the internet going nuts, <laughs> but T Ferris got my back, so now I'm holding my nuts. It's Paul Wall, baby. What you know about me? <laughs> Swisher House. <laughs> I mean, is that his real label? Yes, that's who T. That's what T Ferris is. T Ferris is Swisher House. Mm. Swisher House or Swisher Blast? Who are they under? You know they under somebody. Oh, Universal. I see. Universal. <laughs> Michael Watts. He made me hot. <laughs> Michael five thousand watts. Yeah. Yep. Current artist Paul Wall, Lil Kiki, and Highway Yellow. Three artists. Hey, Lil Kiki. <laughs> it must get sprayed by Kiki. I put twenty four inches on Chrome. Okay, man. Call the baddest bitch and tell her daddy's coming home. We get it. Pull up at the light and the things keep spinning. <laughs> the car stopped, but the wheels keep spinning, dog. And then everybody wants some on their car. Yep. Niggas getting the hubcap spinners. Bruh. <laughs> they couldn't get the real ones. That was a time in life, wasn't it? <laughs> Niggas, really didn't know, niggas didn't know what they was called. They, I'm riding spindles. I'm riding spindles. They, <laughs> they don't, don't stop. <laughs> like, come on, bro. Spree wells on the whip. Kept my shit thought, clean. So, was, like, so correct me, right? Because I don't know if this is true or not. 
It's probably not. <laughs> were spree whales an actual brand of spinner, or were they made famous by Latrell Spree Whale? I think it's the latter, bro. I think they were just made <laughs> famous just, by the NBA player. <laughs> and niggas just started calling them sprees. <laughs> I think it's just. I think it really is based on the NBA player, bro. I remember my dad put some dub deuces on his uh on his Chevy. Mm-hmm. And I just do I was like, yeah, bro, we lit, dog. I remember asking him, I was being I was a kid, I remember asking him, like, you gonna put some spinners on there? He's like, nah, them sprees cost too much. Sprees. <laughs> now I described to you who my father is last week, right? right. Like how he is. <laughs> like imagine this nigga. <laughs> imagine this nigga with some sprees. Some dub do sprees. <laughs> Remember, niggas had spinners on their shoes. Dub. The the, uh, the dubs. Bro. The dada the dadas dadas had spree well. Then his sh- and then he have shoes that <laughs> that has spinners on them hoes as well. I think he. Had I his believe own shoes. so. <laughs> Latrell Spreewell was that nigga for a minute. Hey, he was. <laughs> Hoping in New York, nigga had choked out. Uh, <laughs> His coaching shit. Hell yeah. <laughs> nah, niggas wildin'. Niggas do be wildin'. From the beginning of you time. You be forgetting about sometimes, bro. I remember, uh, shout out to Malik, man. Uh, Malik had posted about uh, wearing big ass dicky pants when we was kids. <laughs> like, Look, I ain't wear dickies, you, man. Y'all did. You can go ahead and keep it Like, when you had to... Uh, when you had to uh, wear uniforms and yeah, shit, school they uniform. had the big, the big dicky pants with the polo. Of course, you know it's like I went to the store, you know, because you know niggas wearing dickies. I'm like, okay, let me see what's up. But when I tried them on, I knew that they weren't gonna work because the pockets was too small. I'm like, dog, this pocket is way too small. I can't put nothing in my pocket. So uh, I couldn't, I couldn't do the dickies. Pockets too small. Nigga, what kind of dickies was you getting? Nigga, they <laughs> they were dickies. I mean, they were dicky <laughs> pants. I just remember putting my hands in the pocket. I'm like, Duh. this pocket ain't getting it. Dickies got some of the deepest pockets I've ever. The five pocket dickies, <laughs> <laughs> nigga. Yeah, nigga, yo, your, your school ID be at your kneecap, dog. <laughs> what is you talking bro, about? I can't, bro. I cannot tell. You but I tried. The I tried on, it must have been. It must have been that you know brand that year. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? But I put on a multiple pair. I'm like, nah, these pockets ain't going to work for me. Uh, so I, could, I couldn't do the dickies, but, you know, I did keep the polo. You feel me? Man. You know? I remember I remember going to school with the, you know, when the big polo was popping. Uh, but at my right. school, you weren't even, you weren't supposed to have no brands like that. They was like, nah. But I would try to get it off. And some days I would get it off. And then some days the teacher would be like, nah, Alex, you know damn well. <laughs> And I used to keep I used to keep another polo in my locker just for that reason in case somebody told me to take my you know the, my polo shirt off just just the, to show that brand you know just to show I'm a little hey. bit more sophisticated than you niggas <laughs> the <laughs> big dickies big dicky britches man hell no nah, I'm gonna let y'all dickies have you hey bro my pops used to have my dicky so fucking starch them bitches could stand up by themselves <laughs> nigga had the Jimmy Neutron pants <laughs> remember when the pants had their own life hell them yeah just standing. And I remember one day, so uh, he had he had starched the fuck out them bitches. Dog. I'm talking about the the crease on that bitch was so motherfucking sharp. <laughs> if you rub your finger down the middle of my damn pants, you got a motherfucking paper cut. Like, 
God damn, this nigga ain't, ain't a walking weapon, ain't it? God damn, dog. <laughs> and you know when uh when you in like middle school, high school, uh and you got like basketball games and shit, you gotta you slick gotta wear dress pants anyway. Dress pants and like a shirt and tie and right. shit. Right. So I remember one time I forgot to uh take my uh, dress pants out the night before, so I just had to throw my dickies on. Boy, I look bad <laughs> off. That boy had a shirt and a tie and, and some big ass dickies. Some big dickies, bro. It's crazy. I keep saying this, dog. I cannot wait until the baggy, the baggy clothes come back for niggas, bro. I mean, I know that's that's you, so that's gonna be perfect for you. I got fits for days, dog. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm gonna be fitted up, dog. That boy gonna be. I niggas mean, but baggy slowly, it's slowly coming back. I mean, I I think I don't think I can go back to baggy. You know, it's just. I don't know. Bro. I can't go back to like super baggy, right? Like I can't go back to the to the SSP the jeans, like the South Pole <laughs> jeans. You feel like, me? Niggas, I can't like buying pants too big. You know? Yeah, you, you like gotta, I can't. <laughs> I can't do that. I'm just cool with the relaxed loose fit. fit. I feel. Yeah, that. like the relaxed fit. Now, not the boot cut. <laughs> don't do the boot cut, dog. So just like normal cut. <laughs> but like standard. relaxed, like normal, like standard, <laughs> standard cut. Fit. Cause the skinny joints, your skinny joints is getting out of hand. Dog. I can't do skinny. I mean, I do. If it say skinny, I probably can't do it. You know, if it's slim, I'm like, okay, I can fuck with slim. But when it I say mean, skinny, that's that's, that's when it's too on much. Where you get it from? Bro. I mean, of course. I mean, it does. It varies. So I ordered a, bro. I ordered a uh, goddamn. So we was still in school. Well, no, I was a, maybe a year out of school. But you know, I was still, you know, supporting with, with the frat shit, mm-hmm. and so you know, our brand is like, you know, fresh, fresh as hell type right. shit. Right. I had ordered this fresh ass little fit, and dog, the pants came in. I said, "What the fuck <laughs> the am I supposed to do with these?" Dog, <laughs> I said, "Nigga, are these leggings?" <laughs> it was I mean, like you know, a suit, bro. It was like a skinny, like a skinny, like suit pant, but it was like tight, tight. I said, "Oh no!" I mean, that ain't I that ain't the brand. I said, "I can't get this off." <laughs> like, yeah, no, I can't do this. One. <laughs> one, one, I don't have the body type for this, right? Like, I'm a stock, I'm a short, stocky nigga, bro. Like, I'm, hey, I'm compact. I got big thighs. Like, I, I just can't now, get certain shit. Thighs, I can't get man. off. All right. I'm just telling you though. Like, yeah. uh, it's certain shit. Like, you gotta know yourself that you can't get certain shit off. Like, like you, right? Like I'm pretty sure, like super skinny jeans, you just I mean, not gonna get those off. That's not me. <laughs> like, I mean, I ain't, just gonna, not I ain't gonna say I can't get it off, but it ain't me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if it's you, you can get it off. No, I, okay. So if it <laughs> if it's me, I can get it off. But just because I can get it off, don't mean it's me. You know I mean, what I'm saying? Uh, a, a, a square it. a square is a rectangle, but a rectangle ain't a square. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I. I I'll, I'll let you roll, Dad. I'm just, I'm just, you know, I. You know, it's I a lot of shit like, I can get off. You know what I'm saying? But I just ain't. feel like it, it's, it's, it's certain shit. Like I couldn't get that shit off. <laughs> okay. I had to just. I had. I think I gave them pants to somebody else. I was like, yeah, I can't for free. I can't even do this, dog. <laughs> Nigga, just. I got to give a whole outfit away. Cause I, I said, nah, nigga, it ain't nothing nah, that can be done it. here. Mm-mm. I'm like, man, bring back the old shit. You feel me? 
You remember in the summer, niggas, niggas would have the baggy cargos. Of course. <laughs> the baggy cargos, the uh, the army print, the camo cargos. I mean, camo cargos was huge. <laughs> camo cargos, a white tee, and the motherfucking Olympic sevens. <laughs> Bro. I mean, that's when it was simple, man. I just feel like times was just more simple then. When I can just throw on the cargo shorts, you know what I'm saying? Like, a nigga can't even do that no more, you know? But this day and age, like, you slick gotta be fit in order to just get fits off like that. Lucky. Like if, you see the, Lucky. if you see the spring, if you see, like, the spring selection of clothes for niggas, it's, like, muscle shirts and, like, and you like, dog. I can't do it, bro. <laughs> like, 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 that's not gonna look as good on me. You know what I'm saying? Because like, I'm not there. Like, you know. Girls can get plenty shit off, and that, that's See, they, that's why bro, I be sick of you niggas, man. For real, bro. Yeah. Like, bro, it's <laughs> tough. <laughs> they don't appreciate this shit, dog. It's tough. They can they can spend seven dollars and get free shipping with the Kylie Jenner code <laughs> from Fashion Nova and get a dress that they may not even can fit, but if they got the right waist trainer. <laughs> or the right, right butt pads or some shit. They can get they can they can contort themselves to where Boy. they need to get to. You know what I mean? And as a man, I can't what I look like, you know, <laughs> putting some shit on so I could fill out a muscle shirt. Like dog. <laughs> the embarrassment if I was ever found out to have done that. Nah. As opposed to if a girl wear a waist trainer, I mean, you know, that's just, that's par. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like, okay. It is what it is. You know, Spanx is like, that's just, you got to put on some Spanx. You know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> but as a nigga, though, as a nigga, if you put, put that shirt on, some, on let me put on the male Spanx. Tight. Let me put on the male Spanx and let somebody find out. <laughs> I can't show my face again. <laughs> It'd be too tight in that stomach area, so it bunch up. And now you just got, you ain't even really got to push like that, but the shirt's so tight. You walk around here like Peter Griffin, <laughs> and niggas is looking at you like, "Damn, bro, you look bad." But like, it's not even that, you know. <laughs> all right. You know what? I right, bro, my fault. You not even that bad, like. But for real though, man, you know, niggas, we gotta hit the gym and shit. These hoes put on a waist trainer. <laughs> and it be it. A waist trainer, and 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 a, and a fashion overdress. That let me buy let me buy any article of clothing that costs eight dollars and put it in a washing machine. That'll be the last time. You know what I'm saying? Like what's wrong? You with won't y'all? even get a good wear out of it because oh, you know because you know with nigga clothes, as soon as you get it, you gotta wash it. Low key. Like niggas just can't get some shit in the mail and throw it on real quick. Niggas gotta wash their clothes. Like, they be bro, making our clothes in, in places. <laughs> they be making men's clothes in places that got weapons of mass destruction and shit. And then they tax you for that shit, bro. Like quality is so important. I feel like like that's all I be caring about is just the quality of my clothing. Is 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 it gonna hold up? You know what I'm saying? Like I can't just buy shit. Like you know, and I hate that yeah. life got to be that way. Every year my wife and I Every year we've been together We've gotten like a matching something Mm -hmm. So like one of the first years Was like we got these matching Tie-dye hoodies From I want to say PacSun right Mm -hmm. So we always get something And every time she want to do hoodies I be mad as fuck dog (laughs) Why is that? (laughs) Because you know nigga hoodies start at 65 Of course Especially at PacSun Her hoodie 
One year, I literally paid $15 for her. <laughs> An Adidas hoodie. I'm talking about the Adidas, you feel me, the three-stripe big joint. It got like the... Uh, like the moisture wicking shit. I'm like, damn, dog. I'm like, this whole fresh. So I get, I put that in the in the buggy for <laughs> for her. I'm like, all right, cool. I go to get mine. I'm like, what the fuck, bro? At least at least forty. <laughs> at like, least for a hoodie. This shit fifty five dollars <laughs> for this. I'm talking about my shit ain't got none of the other cool shit, dog. <laughs> like it ain't moisture wicking. It's literally a cotton. Adidas hoodie. It just got the same like style Adidas emblem on the front of it. Right. I'm like, this some bullshit, dog. Hey, the men's clothing tax is real. That shit too real. And they don't even be our sizing. Don't be correct. Like you real live just gotta lick your finger and put it in the air to figure oh, out God. what size. <laughs> What size you gonna get? Because you can be depending on the brand. Yeah. You can either be an extra large or a medium. Low key. <laughs> like, like I didn't you know I I be in the I be in the small to large <laughs> like some sh- like some shit I need a small I be like ain't this, I be like this is ridiculous <laughs> like there's no there's no way a small shirt should fit me and then sometimes I'm like dog this medium tight than a motherfucker <laughs> like you know it's always got if I don't know the brand I mean I can't buy I can't buy really anything or you know I just cop the medium and like you said just pray pray that dog. that's what's gonna fit me. I remember I copped the stupid diamond supply. The stupid diamond supply. Yeah, I'm my, like bro, clothes be my diamond clothes be they be to me they be all over the place. Sometimes they bro, be too big, sometimes they too all small. All over the fucking place. I was like <laughs> so it was the giant it was uh I had been looking for it for a minute too. So it it's, it's one that has it's like Diamante uh mm-hmm. life, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like the ice light blue colorway. Like, is I don't know if they just made like five or six of them bitches. I could only find it on Google. So one time we was in Orlando, Florida, in uh, the outlets, and I found it. I'm like, it's over with. I'm finna cop it, right? It's over with. It's an extra large. So I'm like, you know, I can I can do the extra large. <laughs> like I can do, I can do the I can extra large. Bro, I put this shit on. It looked like I was in 2003. I said, what the fuck? That boy had a tall T on. I'm like, what the fuck? So I couldn't even get it. But then, like, you go over to somewhere like Staple Pigeon. And Staple Pigeon, if I get a larger Staple Pigeon, can't do shit with it. I'm talking about can't do shit. I have, my wife bought me this fire ass crew neck. I ain't been able to wear it yet. Yeah. Just cause, like, it's not like it's not like so tight where you can't, where I can't like get good range of motion. But it's it's so tight that I like don't feel comfortable leaving the house. <laughs> like, like if it get too cold wherever we going, I might put somebody out, like, I out. Like I'm like, nah, I'm I'm straight on that. Don't nobody no, need no. to see my like, nah, dog. Hey, man, I'm you cool. know, you grab you grab one side, your wife grab the other side, stretch that bitch. <laughs> Duh. Stretch that hoe. This shit's crazy. <laughs> but uh what else we got on the, what else we got this week? Man. Um Oh shit. Real quick, there was a terrible, terrible tornado in Nashville. Yes. And the surrounding areas earlier this week. So first of all, we want to send our condolences to those who lost their lives. 
Uh, we want to send prayers out to people who have lost either where they live or where they're from is severely damaged. Yeah, they're bit like the businesses um, affected. You know what I'm saying? Because some businesses were completely wiped out. And then you got some people who, you know, it's their own business and they've, you know, lost a lot. You know, so definitely prayers to those people that were affected in that way. Yeah. So pivoting to music, what um did you hear any of the new releases? So I think I heard um I heard most of Lil Uzi Vert. And that's really all I've had the the time to hear. Uh there's definitely a lot of stuff I want to listen to. Um I heard one song off of the new Jada Kiss album. Is it the one with two chains? It is the one with two chains, bro. Uh, which you know, is I, that not the most accurate description of a sound? That <laughs> is that not the most accurate description of a sound, bro? So Jada Kiss did an interview with It's the Real, and he was talking about how that song like happened because Ice Ice Peak had always wanted him to do a song with two chains, so mm-hmm. he sent the song over the chains or whatever. And as Chains is listening to the song, he's like, damn, this shit sound like angels getting pedicures. <laughs> <laughs> and Kiss said it was so, like, it was so spot on. He was like, I gotta, like, I gotta, I gotta name it this dog. And then, so I heard that story before it dropped. Mm-hmm. So then I hear it Friday when it drops, and I'm like, oh my God. It's <laughs> like, hard. Like, this shit's crazy, it's bro. It's a hard song. Yeah, Angels Getting Pedicures is, is a hard song. I think, so, I heard Jada Kiss, of course. You know me. You know that's the first thing I was running to. Uh, great album. Great album. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed it even more after hearing about, like, kind of the what what made it happen. I mean, I knew parts of it, but, you know, Ice Pick, former A&R for... Uh, Rough Riders and personal friend of the Locks, uh, basically was like a every a part of their everyday life, you know, past, and uh, so this is a collection of songs in an album form that that Kiss did that that Ice Pick always wanted done, right? He always wanted them to work with uh, Two Chains and John Legend and uh, Pusha T. Mm-hmm. on the song for his album so this was like his homage to uh ice peak so it was it was great man um the song with him and push so you know the joint with him and push like is one of the reasons why the the album was pushed back because pop when pop smoke passed he felt like having a song about hunting rappers was just not in good taste mm. and like I mean, niggas, niggas probably could have assumed that, 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 that Kiss was a was a stand up guy, but like him pushing his album back because out of respect for Pop Smoke's death and Kobe's memorial is just like next level. You know what I mean? So yeah, it, it was cool uh, to actually hear the song. The visuals are supposed to be coming soon. They said him and Push did like a super gory, <laughs> super gory video. Uh, but like, and I don't know if you, because you don't really watch music videos that much no more. But 
like Kiss has really been coming with it. It's like he has a running, it's like a running storyline for the songs he's done videos to uh, from this album. And it's just, it's cool. Like the joint he got with, uh, the joint he got with Ross and Imani, like, duh. That shit butter. Like that shit, that's 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 the quintessential luxury drug rap. Like sound. Like Imani sounded good on there with the vocals. Uh you know you know the beat fire. Right. Kiss kiss killing them with the raspy, and then it's just a pause. And you hear that Maybach music. And Ross come in there motherfucker floating, dog. I could buy 50 bitches. Duh, Ross came in that bitch floating. I said, "This is it right here." So yeah, that shit was cool. Yeah, this is it. Uh, but yeah, Kiss got a Kiss got a really really good project. Uh, definitely, if you've never like listened to Jada Kiss, uh, you listen to this album, you'd be like, "Damn, man, I see what niggas be talking about." Because this nigga got a song with uh, he got a song with uh, Dej Loaf on there, where she's on the hook, fire. I don't know if it'll. I don't know if that'll be like what radio pushes as the single, because uh, I think I've heard like the one with him and Ross on there as a single too. Um, but yeah, she did what needed to be done. Hmm. Dej Low sound good on there. She sound good. So good. yeah, check. check I mean, out she the, normally uh, sound she good for a hook now. Yeah, she you know? great for. But this is like the best I've heard her sound on a hook, like. It, she sounds, I'll put it this way. She sounds so good that I would have loved to have a verse from her, but I'm okay that we didn't because that's how good she did the hook. Like, it was, she she did a thing. She did what needed to be done. And I, I fuck with the album. Um, Uzi. So I'm not going to sit up here and just act like I'm the biggest Uzi fan. I actually, Prior to Friday, I probably had never listened to a full Uzi project. Um, but I mean, I can see why this nigga is, I can see why he, he, he be doing what he be doing. Cause the music is good. They projected him to do like 300, 350. Right. So he's projected to do well. Uh, I mean, you know, this album has kind of been highly anticipated from Uzi. I mean, we know what he was going through with his labels and, uh, you know, DJ drama, Don Cannon and, you know, all Cannon. that you know, to fall out with them. Um, and I mean, I know he had, you know, been dropping a couple of singles. Uh, I really hadn't been, I guess, keeping up with the release date for this album. So I wasn't expecting it, but, uh, you know, I like Uzi and, um, you know, I've only listened to the album once and, you know, it sounded good. You know, that's really all I can give it right now. You know, it was a good, it was a good listen. Uh, and I'll listen to it again. I mean, like I said, I like Uzi. He was somebody who I really did not like when I first heard him. Like, and I heard like a lot of songs by him and, you know, I just really couldn't get into him, but you know, to me, he like playboy Cardi, but better like a rapper. <laughs> Damn. Like, he's like, the, he's like the rapper version of playboy Cardi. I mean, that ain't no disrespect. I feel like, you know, what is playboy, playboy Cardi is not a rapper. Nah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say he a rapper, or his. I mean, his style of rap is not typical, so I don't know. It's kind of hard to categorize. But I'm I saying, guess like, he a, if I guess not he a rapper, rapper but what would he be? It'd be something new. It'd be something new. 
you know. Young Cardi, Young Cardi. And I was thinking like, <laughs> you know, he does, he a different, like, I don't know. That's, it's just so different than what I'm used to that I don't, I mean, he could be a rapper, but I don't know who gets to decide that. I don't know. But Lil Uzi just sound like, you know, if if Playboy Cardi was like, okay, I'm about to rap for real. Oh, uh, okay. I got you. That's that's what Lil Uzi sound like. Yeah. Okay. Well, shout out to Lil Uzi, man. Three, yeah. three, hey, three hundred. You, uh, did you uh, hear that new Drake? Six, 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 hey, hey, dog. Six, 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 six. <laughs> hey. Forgot I, about it. I know we've been doing. I know we've been doing where we give niggas they flowers. Like we, 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 we gotta give Drake his flowers, dog. No, man. Everybody was like, "Oh, this, you know, this is the same Drake." You know what I'm saying? Drake. You know he washed up. Or oh, I just no. saw a lot. I saw fifty fifty. I saw fifty fifty. Some people like this is great, and I saw some people like, "Oh, this is the same old, same old." Like you know. Nah, it's that rookie it. of the year '06 Chris Paul shit, Drake. <laughs> mm. That's what this okay. was, and these new Drake niggas, these new Drake fans, <laughs> they don't know how to deal with that dog. Just that room for improvement, Drake, nigga. I mean, he definitely went in. Hey. And, uh, you know, the beast is hard, Anytime you get on the track and call your baby moms a fluke. Call her a fluke, man. Hey, man, is that not disrespectful? My wife. Call your baby mama a fluke. (laughs) Hey, my wife, we was, I let her hear it for the first time (laughs) yesterday, right? Because she hadn't heard it. She was like, nah, run that back. This nigga's spitting. (laughs) She said, this nigga is spitting. So we ran it back. She said, oh, my God. Did he just call his baby mama a fluke? She was like, nah, man. This nigga Drake got to be stopped. <laughs> she said, what the fuck? Like, when when it was when was the last time you heard somebody use fluke, dog? Like, you know how disrespectful you got to be to just <laughs> resurrect a word like fluke? I mean, it, it, was, it was surprising. It was surprising from the sixth guy. Six, 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 six. You know what I'm saying? Put both hands together like I'm a religious man. When you get to breaking down them rhymes in there, I said, oh my God, this nigga Drake. <laughs> I said, shit. Mm. Niggas might have to start throwing them in there. Top five conversation, bro. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think as a generational thing, niggas is going to do that, but Duh. Old heads will never be like, oh yeah, Drake top five. <laughs> nah, they not. But let me tell you, because I used to be one of them niggas. I used to, I used to be one of them niggas that was like, you know, I don't think Drake will ever be able. To. Nah, dog. So let me tell you, we went to the movies last night. We listened to that new Drake song on the way, on the way back from the movies. Back to back came up on my shuffle, bro. This nigga Drake is like a psychopath. <laughs> Because back-to-back is so fire. Like, it's so fire to the point that you forget at times that it's a diss song. And then with it being a diss song, you look at hindsight at everything Drake was saying. The nigga was right. (laughs) He was right. Everything he said was going to happen, happened. And he did it in such a way that, like, that's just a song on a nigga playlist. Drake, yeah. Drake, Drake been solidified himself, man. So, 
Anyway, yeah, man, uh, Drake did what needed to be done. Shout out to Drizzy. Shout out to uh, K-Dot for dropping the uh, digital minimalism uh, like marketing agency. <laughs> I don't know what it is that they got going over there, but it looks like they want us to unplug and live life in the right now. So. Okay, I can do that. <laughs> let's, let's, let's knock that out the park for TDE, guys. Did you hear that uh, Isaiah Rashad like listening session looking video uh i mean i i think i did hear some i heard like some snippet hey that shit sound fire snippets yeah it did sound hard (laughs) it did sound hard this nigga he he gonna be like i was gone for a while but let me let me let me give you what i got you (laughs) let me me give you what i got you and, and it's gonna be lit i'm definitely looking forward to that yeah so it's been a while since Sun Tirade. And that really wasn't my favorite album. I mean, it was good, but it just wasn't my favorite. Have you ever met him before? Uh, I've never met him personally, no. Oh, okay. But I mean, he did come through 519 one time. 519. Y'all know how we do. Word? Word. But no, I've never met him personally. I've met a few people, but not him. I met that nigga by accident <laughs> and I, didn't I really mean, know like who he was. Like I had no idea who he was. Yeah. Well, he is from I'm not going to divulge, you know, where I was or <laughs> what was going on. Cause I can't really just get into that, but yeah, I met, I met him once. That's I had no up, idea. Man. had no idea. until I got back to, when I got back home from my destination and somebody who I was with was like, yo, you know who there was? Like, I was like, nah. <laughs> then they played, like they played his shit. I was like, oh, that was that nigga? Damn. <laughs> like, bro, I was late to the party. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I was late to the party on that. On him and his music, I was I was late. I was like, damn, fool. <laughs> you should have played this shit before now. <laughs> I don't know if I would be considered I don't know if I'd be considered late but really Sylvia Demo was my introduction to him Sons Tyree was mine oh yeah you was extra late yeah Yeah. and it had been out for like a while (laughs) (laughs) it had been out for a while nah I I went to Isaiah's show after like pre Sons Tyree when he had a show in Chattanooga uh, got you. Yeah. All right. Shout out to uh, Isaiah Rashad <laughs> and Drake. And Dot, you feel me? Whole TDE punch. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't have a TDE drop. Reason, you feel me? <laughs> Everybody over there. Yeah. Scissor. So, Q. What um, what else you want to get into, man? Um, you know, I thought maybe we could just uh, well, really, I thought maybe you and with a little assistance from me can kind of touch on what the hell just happened on Tuesday and kind of where we're sitting right now as a country. So in this in this election, Super Tuesday happened, and what we thought was going to happen from the inception of this Democratic run. It, it happened, you know, 
Southern states followed suit with South Carolina, voted in alignment for Joe Biden. Um, Bernie, Bernie had a solid showing, right? Mm-hmm. But nowhere near what they projected or thought he was going to have. So what what it's told us is older Democrats, especially in the black community, but just over older Democrats overall who have been the staple and pretty much the backbone of this party uh, showed up. They showed up on Super Tuesday. They voted. And the youth who Bernie seems to have energized and, you know, gotten into the political conversation, they didn't show up. Whether it was because, you know, they just didn't see the need, they didn't see the usefulness, they felt like Bernie at this point has been demonized so much that they'll never let him get the nomination. So why even bother? I mean, nobody really knows why young people did not show up, but his numbers were significantly down amongst young people uh, since when the 2016 version of this. And that's alarming for him because that's literally what he considers his grassroots base. Right. Mm -hmm. So, it, it would explain why he's losing steam heading into the rest of this year. Because, I mean, if young people is who, is who you're aiming to get out and vote and they've not shown already that they're, they're, they're willing to do that. I mean, he was supposed to, he was supposed to dominate California. And I don't even think, I don't think he even got 50% of the votes. Like, and Elizabeth Warren, um, since Super Tuesday has dropped out of the race, which Dang. we also called, um, yeah. And it's, I said we were going to talk about this because I think people have people confuse re- reality and realism with hate, right? I never hated Elizabeth Warren as a candidate, right? I think fundamentally she had some really, really good things in regards to her plan for Black people, her plan for education, her plan for healthcare and how it should happen, her plan to break up the establishment. Like, I think all of those things sounded really, really good and promising. But we know that politics is not, politics is not the avenue from which sounding good equates to much of anything right other than trying to get votes and i just don't think people had faith that she could get the things that she wanted to implement done that's number one number two i i I feel like people just coming off of the heels of hillary clinton i just don't think people have a lot of confidence in a woman being able to get voted in as president I don't think it has anything to do with people doubting her ability. I think it's more about electability. Right. And just for the majority of the country, it just doesn't seem that they are at that point. And women carry most of the voter turnout and she did horrible, like horrible. Right. She lost her own state. She came in third place in her home state. Like, I mean, she ain't really have a chance, you know, like based it, on what we've seen. 
Yeah. No chance at all. And I know people are running this this campaign on, you know, what has Joe Biden done for us and all of it is like, bro, people can want all day for you to vote, you know, for your interests or vote for what's going to directly help or impact black people, right? But black people, until our vote is unified, if we're fragmented, if we don't really know what it is that we actually want, there's no way we can make an establishment such as the Democratic Party kneel to what we need for them to do. At this point, it's like black people vote in the interest of the lesser evil. We know historically, since since the passing of the of the Civil Rights Bill, the Democratic Party has been the lesser of two evils in regards to them versus the Republicans. For black people, it's just kind of conventional wisdom at this point. Right. So black people are voting their interest in saying, I would prefer anybody that the Democrats can pull out over Trump. And if that's what they're saying, then of course they're going to go with Joe Biden. One, he got the Obama thing. Well, he's a familiar face. He's a familiar face. Niggas know he got friends on the other side. He's been able to get things done. Uh, the more informed voter, I can see why they have questions about Joe Biden. The less right. informed voter is going to look at the field and say, I'm seeing them say Bernie Sanders is a socialist, so I'm not rolling. Oh, Obama vice president running? <laughs> like, click. I, <laughs> you know I don't. I don't understand where people's confusion of this shit is. Like, your average American on a on a basic level is minimally involved in the election process as far as doing their research, which is a shame. You know. But accurate, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> like it, it, very true. Niggas, like me and you, we pay attention because we got to get on here and talk about it. But even I mean, under if I was voting, circumstances, if I was if voting, then I'm gonna pay attention. Like, I, yeah. I just, I, if I'm if I'm spending time to go vote, like this ain't even like this some out of my way type shit. What I'm gonna just go and just say some shit? You know what I mean? It ain't like it's something you gotta do where it's like, okay, I don't care. I'm just gonna vote. Like, nigga, you actually made the decision to go vote. Nobody was even gonna bother you if you didn't vote, you know? And then you just go vote some shit because, I don't know, you don't even check and see what niggas actually campaigning on. No, they it's, don't. It's irresponsible, but man. That's what most of the voters, especially young voters, young voters and old voters, right? For the most part, they vote for either the familiar face, the familiar name, or if it's between a Democrat and Republican, and they they ideally are Democrats, they vote in Democrat. So I think in a in a Democratic, you know, nomination vote, your target audience is going to be, and, and I think we've said this from the onset. The target audience is always going to be, who do I think I can beat Trump as a voter? That's that's just what it is. Now, the Democratic Party did a terrible job of isolating four candidates 
that would be good in 2020. Like you had since you lost in 2016 to figure this shit out. <laughs> but niggas not unified. So, you know, it's always going to be a struggle. Like it's hard to avoid these problems. But that so that's that's the bigger issue, right? Like the Democratic Party is it's separate, right? You have moderates and you have the progressives. The super liberal left and like the moderate in between Democrats. And most of the time, older Democrats are always gonna be more moderate because they've seen this shit play out in a multitude of different ways. They've seen presidents who can get in there, will and deal utilize some of their relationships on the other side of the aisle and get things done. They've also seen where the other side of the aisle will just completely say, fuck y'all. We not voting for shit that y'all put forward. And this is it. Like, so if you, if you preach and I'm going to go in and I'm going to tear down the establishment, that don't sound good for anybody other than the people you're supporting. (laughs) So, that means people on the other side of the aisle know that's what you want to do. People who are established in the party know that that's what you want to do. And too much change too quickly scares the people. Right. One of the 48 laws of power. So when you do something like that, niggas are not going to be rolling with that shit. And I think that's what Bernie's dealing with right now. Like he, he cannot get his age group to vote for him. <laughs> I mean, bro, I mean, really all that that you just said make me just, just about parties in general. Like, why are we even still, like, why are we still even pretending like it's just two sides to this shit? Like, why, like, why is that even still a thing? Because I, I, at this point, you know, I feel like we're just pretending that, you know, th- there's not this whole spectrum of how niggas feel about political shit and we just trying to split it down the middle. And, you know, because of that, because you think that this whole group of people got to be on one accord, it's like, it just make this shit so much worse as opposed to if it was like just a, just for like people that's competing against Donald Trump coming up, like, and it don't have to be just one other person against this nigga. Like, I don't know, bro. It's just, it's just unneeded disorganization and it's just too much. Like, I don't understand why we just haven't decided, especially after seeing this shit for pretty much eight consecutive years, like since uh, Trump was being elected, seeing the democratic party. So for over, over eight years, but seeing the party just like be indecisive about, you know, what the hell they want. But the truth is it's because the fucking party is going to forever be divided because niggas are not on one accord, even though we're in this one party, you know? So I don't know. It just seems super outdated that this is, this is something we still do. Yeah. I was listening to uh sibling rivalry with Angela Ryan's Charlemagne the God and Charlemagne has been bullshitting here lately. But one thing that I can agree with him on is Republicans get in line. They fall in line. Democrats fall in love and kind of what that means is Republicans. Cause you remember up until the, up until the RNC Republicans was not fucking with Trump. 
Like they said, he was like the opposite of what the party stands for. Like Republicans right. was not fucking with Trump. And then he got the nomination and you see right or wrong, good or bad, good or evil, they rolling with him. I mean, the impeachment trial tells the whole story. If that impeachment trial would have happened in, let's say, his first term, like his the first year of his first term, they'd have been able to get him out of it. But the fact that they've they've been forced to be loyal to him for this long, it's like now they just fall in line. Nazi soldier syndrome, like is you follow orders, do whatever you're supposed to do. That's it. Don't question morality none of that that's what the that's what the rnc does and i'm not saying that that's good that's just fact democrats on the other hand they fall in love with people they fall in love with ideas of people and oftentimes those ideas and the love for that person doesn't benefit anybody like hillary clinton while we know hindsight being 2020 she was still clearly the more qualified candidate. It was a lofty ask for the Democratic Party to assume that non-Democrats were just going to vote for Hillary because that's who she was. It was like the Democratic Party had gotten so cocky in that they knew Hillary was going to win. There was no way that Trump could win. They just didn't do no work. Meanwhile, Trump was out here going ham, building his base, rallying everybody who even thought that they were Republican, let alone MAGA MAGA supporters. So it's like Bernie had ignited the people, right? I think if Bernie had, if there was a time for him to have won, 2016 should have been it. I just think in 2020, people are too afraid of the was. Too much fear is going on right now, right? It's just terrible times. Like, niggas is scared about the coronavirus. Niggas is scared that uh, North Korea didn't finalize a nuclear program. Like, fucking Iraq, I think just last week, uh, put out a statement letting people know, like, they're back to testing their nuclear weapons. Fuck (laughs) (laughs) y'all. Like... (laughs) Fuck you mean. So it's like, it's so much fear and panic right now. Especially in the Democratic Party. They're like, bro, we we need to go with something stable, right? Joe may not make it all four years. He may not even know that he gonna be president. (laughs) He he may not even, but right now, his name and the idea of who he was and who he has been in government it's so strong that niggas is gonna go for it. It's stability for them. When when panic when panic ensues, all you want is stability and normalcy. You can't afford to be fighting new battles. Cause it's just how people think. Like people, people, people are always gonna think self-preservation. Self-preservation first. And that's just kind of what it is. So I mean, I, I still got some hope for Bernie. I'd like to see Bernie win only because I have I have some concerns about Joe Biden and that Joe Biden has never really just presented a plan for anything. 
like this entire election run, he's not campaigned on anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just kind of been like, how I'm Joe. <laughs> Do you know me? <laughs> Do you know my friend Obama? I'm Joe. I was the <laughs> vice president under Barack Hussein Obama. Barack. And uh, <laughs> I'm here to fight for the soul of the nation. And they're like, oh, okay. Oh, okay, word. <laughs> Nigga, how you word. feel about healthcare? Ah, you know. How you feel about fracking? Ah, yeah. No, no, we not, we not gonna stop fracking. <laughs> no to that. Hold on if, now. If you think we gonna stop fracking, I'm not, the, I'm not the candidate for you. <laughs> Climate change? Ah, do you have a black agenda? A what? Excuse me. I'm sorry, sweetheart. What you say? My black agenda is I held Obama down. <laughs> For four summers, man. Where's the Fuck love? You mean. <laughs> Shit, really A summers on that ass. Man. Nah, he really only held him down for that second four. <laughs> that first four, I think Joe was Joe was still one foot in, one foot out, like ah. Hey man, I can't believe he did this shit. <laughs> making it hard on a nigga, bro. <laughs> Shit. God damn. But uh, yeah, Joe just hadn't presented anything, and like even if you go on his website, like he does not have anything remotely as in depth as some of his counterparts. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Joe got that push from everybody who didn't fell who didn't uh, drop. Yeah, nigga saying fuck Bernie because they know it's over for Bernie low key. So it's just like, man, you know, let's go ahead and support Joe and. You know, ride this thing out. Yeah, I already know what's gonna happen next. They gonna get to talking about them doctor. Uh, they gonna talk. They gonna get to talking about Bernie's inability to be president because of their heart attack. They gonna bring up him not releasing his uh, medical records again. <laughs> like, bro, like this shit is so fucking like catty. You know, this what I nigga mean? Jo- like. Meanwhile, this nigga Joe Biden introduced his wife as his sister at his victory speech. <laughs> I'm like, it's, duh. That nigga weirdo too, man. You know he a little weirdo, bro. Nigga Joe Biden, man. He just old and see now, like you said, bro. It's just, it's a damn shame. Yep. So his vice is going to have to be strong. He's going to have to have a super strong vice because you got to have enough the American people have to have enough confidence that, okay, Joe may be a little C now, you know, they may deem him unable uh, to, to fulfill his duties as president like halfway through. <laughs> so we need the second in command to be, you know, on point. Okay. On point. It's gonna be crazy as hell if Joe Biden put pick somebody like Cory Booker to be his vice president. Nigga's not even gonna vote. He's not that stupid, man. He's not even that stupid. Nigga's not even gonna vote. I know I wouldn't vote. (laughs) It's gonna be like Cory Booker. Cory Booker is on the is on the ticket. I'm sorry, I will not be making my way to the booth, or I will, and I swear to God, I'm gonna write in somebody else because I am not playing with you, niggas. On me. I carried Barack in 2008, and this time I'm carrying Corey with me to the White House. (laughs) (laughs) Biden Booker, 2020. (laughs) BB. 
because I know that I mean I, I I keep hearing these these murmurs about you know he may he may pick a minority woman or he may pick a woman, uh, but realistically I don't really know any other strong any other strong white men in the party that he could choose. I mean he don't need to choose Beto. No, <laughs> you don't need to choose Beto. And the only way, like, he and Pete, he and he and Pete would would be ideal had Pete dropped out sooner. Because I think I mean Pete, I don't know, bro. Pete, I don't know, bro. I just I don't I just don't think America ready for Pete at all. I don't think America's ready for Pete in the position of president. Nah, I think they ain't ready for him VP, bro. They still that's still for a lot of Americans even just that's still not going to fly. You know, they just I, I like I said I don't think we there. I don't even think we there yet. So do <laughs> yeah. you think do you think a gay white male in a position that high will happen before a female? Well, I'm not gonna say that it will happen, uh, but it's like if if I I feel like if we had to choose, if America had to choose, they gonna they are gonna go with uh, the gay white male, honestly, in my opinion. But I don't think they even ready for that. Is what I'm trying to say. I got you. I feel. You. I pick up what you're putting down. Yeah. I mean, they definitely ain't ready for women. Women. I mean, <laughs> niggas let Trump win. That's why his VP is going to be important. Yeah. Because he's going to have to, he's going to have to get the black, he's going to have to get the complete black vote. Like, that's that's what he's going to have to do. Because, like, middle age, middle American white families, he can get. And card-carrying Republicans who don't align with Trump ideals, I think Biden could get to. I mean, he got a good shot. I was just going to say he got a good shot. You know, it ain't like he got no chance or anything like that. Uh, I think realistically, he, he has the best chance of the available options which is sad. If you're the Democratic Party, like you, if you're the Democratic Party, you have to know that it looks like from an outside perspective, it looks like y'all just sat for four years and twiddled your fucking thumbs. Like you mean to tell me nobody emerged as a potential party shaping candidate to run against 2020. To, to run against Trump in 2020. Like, nobody. And what's crazy is the most, like, noticeable, recognizable, marketable people in the Democratic Party are not people who folks are going to vote for in any type of national, federal election. Like, probably the most recognizable face new of the new generation of Democratic uh Democratic Party members are 
the the rookie women mm-hmm. <laughs> led by the AOC. Like those those women are the most recognizable faces of the Democratic Party. And they're all very, very, very left and very, very liberal, very, very loud. And I mean, if that's what you want the party to be, you just got to sit in that. Like you got to bring forth those that new blood is going to run with that banner. Right now, it's like the Democratic Party is in a tug of war with who it used to be and who it is now. And those are two completely opposite things. And so that's why you have a riff, because I can see it right now. If Joe wins, which it look, it's looking like he's going to, right? Only 25% of the vote is in, though. So he's leading right now, but only 25% of the vote is in. So if things continue that way, Joe wins. Bernie Bernie supporters are not going to vote for Joe. They're just not. They're not going to vote. Or they're going to do like you said. They're going to write in somebody. I mean, but, you know, niggas could be like, yo, we cannot let 2016 happen where, you know, niggas ain't like Hillary, so they just didn't vote. Like, niggas may have be coming into this with with that experience and saying, look, you know, even though I don't like Joe, like, I'm going to vote for him because I really don't want Trump to win. But they're not going to do that, Alex, because these motherfuckers have, they, they push this narrative for views, mind you, like not anything real political, just for views, right? They push this narrative that Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders on two opposite ends of the spectrum. So you either with one or against the other, right? Like there's no middle ground. Like he is the epitome of the moderate Democrat and Bernie is like as liberal left as democrats can go (laughs) so it's like with there being no in between with them that's been the that's been the pool that people like elizabeth warren and pete Buttigieg were supposed to be right they were supposed to be those in the middle like big sweeping change but we're gonna keep the backbone of the establishment in like that's what they were supposed to do to marry those two walks of life and mugs didn't do that mugs went to the extremes and so now it's like bernie and joe been fighting against each other for so long that when it gets to the point where one of them has to concede their bases are too invested in that back and forth and that's what happened with hillary i mean to this day hillary on hulu talking cash shit about bernie sanders like, which is why his his supporters did not come out and vote for her. <laughs> and I feared the same thing is what's gonna happen with Joe and Trump gonna embarrass this nigga. Cause Trump, you remember Trump wanted this nigga in jail. Like he wanted him in the federal pen. <laughs> like they did a full investigate. This nigga almost got impeached. Because he was trying to investigate this nigga. You really yeah, think Trump the DNC, bro, <laughs> Do you think the DNC not gonna make sure that we see this play out in real time? Biden versus Trump after Biden almost got Trump fucking thrown out as president. I mean, when Trump win, <laughs> this nigga may throw a parade. <laughs> like outside of the inauguration. 
that's wild. Very, very wild. Well, you know, as always, man, shout out Trump. Hold your head, man. They're doing a lot to take you down. But, you know, I'm pretty sure everybody knows Trump for another foe, man. Let's get it. Let's get it. Who's the MVP? Um, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Why? Because he the truth, man. His team the best, and he the best player on the team. And they doing historic stuff. And so is but he. Is, but is he the most... Is yeah. he the most valuable to his team? Like, what yeah. what Bucks is their record without, without him? Eight C, uh, maybe not even making the playoffs. Not good. No, no, he the only star, only superstar. Um, so, yeah, best record. I mean, damn near. Almost a 70-win team. I mean, ridiculous. I mean, on track to be, you know. So, for that, he is the MVP again. I mean, if you say so. I I, I, I think this is one year that, you know, when we say LeBron could win MVP every year, I think this is the one year niggas should give it to him. Nah, he playing with Anthony Davis, man. It's just you can't win MVP playing with Anthony Davis. You just can't do it. But he like, is it's just, still it's against the, the rules. Like he's still the most. If you have another top five player in the league on your team, and you are still the most valuable player on your team in year seventeen, I mean, what he's doing is ridiculous, Alex. Like. I know people I mean, are saying that, that that the ESPN is putting on this this uh, campaign to get him this MVP, but the nigga play shows itself. Like he's leading the league in assists. Like all them years I mean, when when niggas was like LeBron, LeBron should just play point forward. Like magic, you feel me? Do his thug thing and let's 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 get it. No, nah, no, nah, he couldn't do that. First year this nigga does it and he's leading the league in assists. I mean his win shares when he's on the court versus when he's off the court versus Giannis is like astounding. Now Giannis and Neil, Giannis's impact on the game from a defensive standpoint. When he's on the floor and off the floor for the Bucks is like ridiculous, but it's like I don't know, man. Giannis, Giannis is great player, right? Doing his thing. They have a really good team, really complete team. I just don't know if I don't know if that trumps what LeBron is doing right now. Because you got to remember, the Lakers didn't make the playoffs last year. And everything that's happened since they didn't make the playoffs last year is a direct reflection of LeBron. From getting Anthony Davis, from retaining some of the players that they did retain, to going out there and playing like every game that he can, 
when not actually hurt. Like he's not doing load management. Like this nigga's out here hoping, willing. Like it's just they went from not being in the playoffs to being the number one seed in the West, number two team overall in the NBA. With injuries this this season, like okay, and uh, you know Giannis dropping thirty. You know he's um, he is third in rebounds. Oh, I'm sorry, fourth in rebounds with thirteen point seven rebounds. Uh, he's still average about six assists a game, and he's seven feet tall. Six assists a game. What James Harden say? All that nigga do is run and dunk. <laughs> you know, and James Harden just a hater because, you know, that nigga number one for three-pointers made per game, James Harden. And he's number one in points. But, you know, I think he just had a quadruple double the other night or last night with 10, over 10 turnovers. So, you know, it's like, bro. You gotta you gotta do a little bit more. He is top ten in assists, though. I will give him that. But when the ball always in your hand, it's kind of hard not to get some assists. You know, but I'm not hating in 2020. So shout out to uh, James Harden, but he he's not the MVP. Nor is LeBron. It's gonna be Giannis, and I'm sorry, it's not gonna happen. There's only one person who can win the MVP while playing with Russell Westbrook, and that's Kevin Durant. You the real MVP. The real. The realest. <laughs> you the real MVP. Okay, so let this rookie of the year debate. Where are you on it? I'm in the same spot. I mean, it, it needs to be Ja, and that's it. You know, Zion missed most of the season. You know, they better push it to next season. I don't care what y'all got to do. I mean, I'm still there. This nigga win rookie of the year next year. It's his first full season, so he is, yeah. you know, technically considered a rookie. Like, nigga, no. <laughs> I mean, nigga, just then, just forget the rookie of the year shit. You you fumbled it by getting hurt, nigga. I mean, that's how I feel. There's no, I I do not see any situation where John Morant should not be rookie of the year. Like niggas who are hyping this Zion Williamson shit. We we have a large sample size of what Ja has been able to do since his first game up until right now. Like, and he has the Grizzlies in the eighth seed right now. They thought this was going to be a rebuild. Like, yeah, they this, didn't this foresee a throwaway year. Like, they didn't foresee. It's like them in Oklahoma City. Like, neither one of those franchises went into this season. Like, oh my God, we are going to, you know, we're shooting for the four or five seed in the West. You know, playoff push, try to get some pieces to make sure that we can make a run at this chip. No, these niggas were literally going into the season like this is a rebuild year. Uh. Like them and Golden State were in the same boat. For Golden, Golden State was like, yeah, we just gonna wait till next year. Mm-hmm. Like, we're gonna let these young niggas get some run time. Uh, we gonna make some moves and shit, but we just setting this shit up for next year. And I'm gonna come back to that. 
But the Grizzlies and the Oklahoma City Thunder have outperformed what everybody thought they were going to. Like, Shea and uh, OKC deserves a whole lot of shine. CP3, everybody who was talking cash shit about CP3, you know, they need to give them, they need to give him the same apology they gave Melo. <laughs> and John Morant deserves rookie of the year because he is the heart and soul of that Memphis Grizzlies team. Like he's the motor that makes them run. And right now he got them running in the AC with the hardest schedule to end out the rest of the season. And they still going to get the AC. Like, yeah, I mean, to me, it's wrapped up. I mean, yeah, that's it. Now, think about this real quick, bro. Clay Thompson is out injured. I think Steph has played more G League games since Christmas than he has actual NBA games. And Draymond Green out here averaging his his usual triple single, <laughs> according to Chuck. Uh, they got Andrew Wiggins. And then they got a bunch of young players who out here getting better this year, right? Uh, Chris is doing good down there at the center position. Like, they they are a solid team. They just young as hell right now, right? Now, think about this. They're going to be a lottery team. The Golden State Warriors went to, what, five straight finals? Two of their... I think four. Four straight finals. Two of their... Uh, major all-stars go down with season compromising or ending injuries and you drop down and you get to be a lottery team. And then you get to have those stars come back. And now you have a new like maybe second tier star Mm -hmm. in Andrew Wiggins. So you put a slasher around two of the greatest shooters of all time with a bulldog like Draymond Green on the defensive end. And you going to put like a top 10 talent coming out of college with that? Golden State is playing chess, not checkers. <laughs> I mean, that's like, what they've been doing. Though. It's they've like, been doing it for a while, so they know the game. Duh. Everybody is hype about, you know, the new L.A., the, the war for L.A., the battle for L.A., and – that's what everybody worried about now. But next season, when Clay back, Steph back, they get a whole like off season to practice with each other. If they do the Olympics, like these niggas may be in the Olympics. And you know, they're coming off an Olympic year. Niggas, niggas turn they whole hooping, they turn they hooping level up a whole notch. <laughs> Nigga, we was in, like, look at what Jason Tatum doing. He turned up. <laughs> that nigga when they wouldn't play them World Cup games, they got their ass kicked. He was like, "Oh no, <laughs> I can't, I can't be bringing home the bronze." Nah, nah, nah. Let let, let me get back in the gym now. This nigga hoping. It's crazy, bro. So I, I, I'm excited for next season. I'm, I'm really excited to see how the playoffs shake up. Um, we getting ready to head into championship. Uh, tournament week in the NCAA. So I know you're not a huge NCAA basketball fan. So have you been paying attention to it any? Yeah, you know, I watch games and, uh, you know, I pay attention. I just don't know, like, 
who's balling in terms of players, but I kind of been playing, paying attention to the teams. So what you think, what you think, who you think going to be the uh, teams to look out for come tournament time? Um, I mean, really, you know, the top teams, Duke, uh, isn't aren't Baylor, aren't they going? Don't they got that cold dude? Or am I thinking? No, I'm thinking of is Michigan State going to the tournament? They'll probably get in. They're not a high seed though. Baylor, uh, you were thinking about Baylor. They lost last right. night. Oh, who they play last night? Uh, it's okay who, if you don't know. Yeah, I don't know off the top of my head. I just saw that they lost. Yeah, that's okay. Uh. Kansas is doing their thing. Creighton is doing their thing. Seton Hall. Uh, but the best team in the nation, in my opinion. Right? I may have a little bias. Shout out to my young nigga Rodney. But the best team in the nation is Dayton. The Dayton Flyers are the best, most complete team in the nation. They're on they're currently yes, they're currently on like a win streak like a 22-plus game win streak. And of those two losses, one of them was at the beginning of the year in the Maui Classic. <laughs> like, Obi Toppin going to be a top-five lottery pick. And the rest of that team is just, like, they're complete, bro. Like, my young nigga Rodney heading up at the point guard position, solid, stupid wingspan defense out this world his the guard who plays opposite of him it's like when them niggas want to lock down they're locking down like well coached like I, I think dayton this i think this is their year right i think at worst case scenario they make it to the final four but i to me dayton is the most complete team in the nation and i know people are doubting duke um, I know you mentioned them. People are doubting Duke. You know, they, they've been on a bit of a losing streak. But it was one thing that I know about Coach K is he always figures it out. Yep. <laughs> like, did you hear his press conference? No. Nah. Duh, they was like, is it time for us to worry? Should we panic? Coach K said, these are kids. <laughs> for Don't whatever. chastise kids. And if you questioning me, look up in the Raptors. <laughs> I said, oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, for real though, Coach K. Coach K said, "Nigga, nigga, check my resume. Who name on the court? (laughs) Who name on the court? How many of them things I got? Don't watch me watch TV. (laughs) (laughs) Don't watch me watch TV. But yeah, man, we'll we'll have a uh, full in depth after Selection Sunday. uh, We'll have a uh, in depth." You know, March Madness bracketology style show. Uh, we probably just gonna do. We'll either do top eight, uh, sweet sixteens. Uh, we'll do it, of course, for the NCAA tournament. But we'll also do some other things, maybe music, movies, uh, some other shit. So definitely send in your submissions for what you would like to see us do some bracketology on. Um, other, than, you got anything else, man? You want to hit on? Nah, man, I'm I'm good. All right, man. I'm good. Before we get out of here, let me just say, do not put your hands on women. 
Shout out to the baby. <laughs> I'm not sure what occurred. It I looked tell like women to stop putting their hands on us. It looked. You know it looked like I don't know if she put her hands on him. But when I seen that reaction, I was like, dog, the baby is doing it's like women. You remember women, women were holding him up as like the standard nigga like two months ago. Now he didn't got he didn't got two women pregnant at the same time. He didn't beat up a lady at a concert. <laughs> it's like this nigga was like, nah, let me just go. On. Let me go on and uh, drop off of this uh, pedestal right now. Let right. me just. I don't need this nobody thinking <laughs> this is the character I'm trying to be. I am the baby. Uh, fuck you up. <laughs> I don't care who you are. <laughs> For real. All right. Man, shout out to shout out to uh, everybody involved in this situation. I hope it works out. I hope that lady is okay. Um I hope the baby um uh, you know gets the help that he needs to 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 figure out how to better handle situations. Um and I hope this isn't like a like a permanent stain on his career. Cuz I mean, we know that nigga trained to go and we learned, we learned when they was trying to film where his daughter and shit was, that like he don't give a fuck. The deaf, blind, woman, kid. <laughs> this nigga giving out ills to everybody. So I mean I mean that's that's his MO, bro. That's 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 kind of who we, we know him to be. And so hopefully, uh like I said, man, I just hope he can figure out better ways to handle certain situations like the one that we saw today with him putting his hands on the woman. Uh, while I understand, you know, I don't agree. I understand, but I, but I do not do not agree. So uh, yeah, prayers up for that lady and uh, everybody who loves her. Uh, sending love and light to all people involved. And you know, uh, this has been another episode of the Amplify Podcast. It's your boy AC. And your boy I'm the type to take a nigga hope from him and take her out. Keep the butt, I take the mouth. I ain't mad at them, baby Let's go If I sent you out, me to be a boy, you crazy Let's go Diamond in the rough, you look as good as Oprah's bank account I just wanna take you out Fuck you in your mama house Overseas, I fly you out Is he tricking? Do she really love me? Let's just find it out Baby, what's up with your mouth? City the girl straight from the south I just wanna take you look as good as Oprah's bank account I just wanna take you look as good as